0: Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to the Batter's Box on WNSP Now. This is Joey Warner, and we're broadcasting from the WNSP studio on Dolphin Street in Mobile, Alabama. This is our 28th show, and our producer is Nick Wiggins. He's behind the glass, and we're here with a
1: special guest here in the studio tonight, Mr. Steve Schoenwald. Steve, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm going to take you back to memory lane, the old days at the... Greater Gulf State Fairgrounds on a Monday night let's get ready to get it on <laughs> <laughs> oh steve was a
0: was a ring announcer for for the uh, boxing world here in in mobile in the in the nineties and did an outstanding job announcing the, the 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 ringmaster I called you, you know, announcing yeah. all the, the fighters and we had some good ones back then, Steve. We had some great times. We're gonna talk about that as we move along. And this is a baseball show, but but we have Steve Schoenwald on tonight, and I wanna thank all the listeners for, for tuning in. We do our best to bring you a good productive show each week and and we hit some uh some mistakes every now and then, but hey, you just got to bear with us. This is a podcast and again I wanna thank Nick Wiggins, our producer for putting up with us each week but anyway steve glad to have you we're going to talk baseball we're going to talk running and fitness we're going to talk boxing we're going to talk whatever comes up we're going to go back in time you 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 you, you ran cross country and track at university of south alabama back in the early 70s
1: and we're just going to talk whatever comes whatever comes up well I, that that was a journey because I, I i'm from philadelphia area Camden, New Jersey, Woodrow Wilson High School. I was, you know, successful enough to get recruited by a lot of uh, D1 schools. Obviously, uh, when you become successful, you, you know, you, you get that D1 after you. And so Florida wanted me. They had a scout that lived up in the New Jersey area, southern New Jersey, where I grew up. And uh, so I didn't sign till May, which is late in the game. And uh, what happened was Florida wanted me to go to a junior college, they decided. So I got re-recruited by a few junior colleges out of Florida. They, you know, The Florida coaches let them know that I was around. And I ended up signing with Pensacola Junior College. And so I was there two years. And then when your time's up, you're getting re-recruited. Well, Florida got off me. And uh, I had like Auburn, Mississippi State, schools like that after me. In South Alabama. Well, I had a couple teammates that signed with South Alabama the year before because they were sophomores and it's time for them to leave junior college. So I'm getting recruited by the different schools and I'm getting recruited by South Alabama. And I got two teammates that are going to sign with South Alabama, two more teammates. So, you know, it's pretty inviting because, you know, I'd have four teammates over there from my junior college days. So, Coach Ed Kelly, who was the track coach then, um, he takes us out. It's kind of like a recruiting trip. We had a meet here in Mobile, and so uh, he took us out to Corbett's, if you remember Corbett's, and – You know, we didn't, we nothing wrong with the hot dog people, but we had, we had lobster. (laughs) Corbett's was an outstanding restaurant in the loop, at the loop there. (laughs) you know, it's like, oh, lobster. You know, here I'm a college kid, you know, I don't like, man, I never buy lobster. (laughs) So, so anyway, he knew I was a baseball fan. I must've told him. And so, uh. In this whole recruiting process, I was they were supposed to get a new track. But they didn't have a track. We worked out at Murphy my first year over at South. The second year, we went to uh, to Pritchard Stadium. And then I got my scholarship back for my fifth year of college so I could graduate. So I started coaching. And, uh, which was nice that they gave me the scholarship back to so I could graduate and uh, get involved with coaching. So, uh and he, going back to the story of this recruiting thing he told coach Stanky evidently and coach Stanky wrote me a letter and coach Stankey was from Philadelphia where's the papers I, just, <laughs> I signed after that you know you know I mean that that was a turning point and uh, I've got that letter somewhere you know who knows where I know I didn't throw it out. I'll probably find it, you know, on my deathbed or something, you know. <laughs> oh, there's that letter, <laughs> And uh, so uh, that's what really did it, not the track. And they, they never got the track till after I left and started coaching at Southeastern Louisiana, which was nice. I mean, you know, because uh, we would go to Murphy twice a week, the distance runners, because, you know, the other days you're running distance. Or we'd go out to Pritchard Stadium twice a week to run our interval training on the track. So uh I'm 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 kinda changing things as we're going along here, Joey. That's right okay. But uh I remember we would come out and South would play at the old South baseball field.
0: In Jaguar Field. Yeah,
1: Jaguar Field, <laughs> thank you. That's right, that's right. Where yeah. the
0: Mitchell Center sits today used to be Jaguar yeah. Field. Yeah. Beside that was a big gully. It was a big orange gully and they were that's where the track right. would right. end up.
1: Yeah, and the sports are at the, uh, sports sorry, excuse me. The um uh, Sports Academy, okay, uh, was the one that put that track in. The first track was a Chevron four hundred. It was state of the art then. It was kind of coming in right after Tartan, which was the Mondo type track of that era. That was, and then you know the the Chevron started coming in. But uh, we'd go out and. Uh, the distance runners. We'd get ready for a distance run or something because we had no track. We had, you know, we weren't we we weren't going to uh, Murphy or Pritchard Stadium that day. And South would play their games in the afternoon. There was no white light games, even though if you remember, they had some lights around uh, the old Jaguar Field. But uh, as you know, we'd do our warm up jog and then we'd go in the gate. You know, to go in there, we wouldn't sit in the stands, but we'd stretch and watch the game. Watch South. You know, a couple innings while we're stretching and uh a lot of good memories there, you know, because I went to and you know all these players Alex Pastor, Leon Druckenmiller, Miller, Ernie Rosso and people like that, Mike Warren, Mike Jacobs, uh I mean I could go on and on. Michael Berry, David Stan. Outstanding,
0: outstanding
1: baseball players. Ricky Patterson. Yeah, yep. Ricky. And and you know, a lot of those guys I had classes with. But, you know, it was neat for me because when I would walk in the hallway, that's where the locker rooms were. You had the baseball locker room, basketball, and track. And uh, Coach Tanky would talk to me. I mean, you know, we wouldn't talk long because he had things to do, but he always would recognize me. And, I, you know, that was special because uh, I wasn't a baseball player, but he did write that <laughs> letter to recruit me. And so, you know, I I, I used to say to myself, boy, if I played baseball, I could play for Coach Stankey because I liked the way he coached, you know. And,
0: uh, well, when he, you were, you came in at Elbert South during that period where the change had been made. I mean, when he came in in '69, it was a whole changing process, transition. And then by the time '72, '73, uh, South Alabama was clicking on all cylinders. They were as good as anybody in the country. And and Stanky and Crawford recruited, they would go to these junior college national tournaments and they would bring some of the best of the best. They brought in Alex, they brought Leon Druckenmeller and 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 all these guys that were show-off players and 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 to to be able to 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 be an athlete in in that system along with great basketball teams as well. Uh was it was the South Alabama University, or University of South Alabama, was, was big time in the early 70s
1: and the, the entire 70s. And I forgot to mention Pat Putnam, who was minor league player of the year. Of course, he was with the Rangers he signed. He didn't have a great major. He was in the major leagues, I don't know how long, but, you know, it wasn't. Six or eight years. Yeah, he yeah. Won, won the Triple Crown in minor leagues yeah. one year. He and, was on the front cover of Sports Illustrated as minor league player of the year.
0: Pat Putnam and Alex Pastor both played at Miami-Dade,
1: down in yeah. Miami,
0: and then they both came here to South Alabama. They
1: had a the, – there was two Miami-Dades, north and south. Right. I forget which one was the baseball power, and one was the track power. <laughs> so, I mean, they both had baseball teams and track teams, but I was at Pensacola Junior College, so we were in the same uh, junior college region of, uh, you know, because it uh, – at the end of the year, you had your junior college regionals to qualify for nationals. And uh, we we had our own region, Florida did. So, uh, yeah, that was – boy, that's a lot of memories. It is. It is. You know,
0: when we go back a long way, myself and you, Steve, it, it started with running and then it carried over into the boxing. And, and the baseball, it's it's always been a combination of just sports in general. And you've been doing so much promotional things for, for your running – Meets and, and coaching and clinics and TV shows and uh, covering, you know, knockout boxing and running and fitness and the Isaiah Tra- Trail Run Review and the ring announcing and, and cross-country meets, the, the, calling those, and the road races all around the country, all around the country. And, and not, not everybody knows. I'm a big baseball guy, and the people have figured that out through – Mobile Baseball Connection Facebook page and, and some of the other things that, that I do. But but when I quit QUIT Baseball and got married and started a family, my life changed. And I, I had to find something that that I could do. I I got to about 170 pounds. I was out of shape, newlywed. So I, I found running. I started running. I'd always been a runner. But I didn't, you know, I'm 5'7", 165. You know, I, I don't. And gained fifteen pounds, and and or ten pounds. Well, weighed about one seventy, and and I needed to find a sport. So I started I started hustling it with with running, and got into it. And for twenty years, I hit it hard. I hit it hard. I had them short steps, and and I'd see you and Mike Camry over at the uh, uh, Crescent City Classic. I ran that sixteen times. Ran the Isaiah Trail eighteen times. Three hundred seventy five road races. And you were always there, and you were always supportive and, and inspiring to me, knowing that I could use some tips and some coaching. But, hey, I, I was the type. I'm going to do it my way, just blood and guts, mm-hmm. 90 to nothing. I was like always like a Volkswagen about to blow up, you know. <laughs> but it was so much fun and so competitive, distance running and track and field. And you're, Steve Schoenwald is an expert. Uh, listeners, he is an expert on running, has been forever, and and running is the foundation for every sport, and and I knew that if I could was in shape that I could you know do a little bit in in most sports, I mean I I wasn't good at really any of them, but I could do a little bit from being in shape and having endurance and stamina from running. So, but but as far as your coaching and. Your, your talk about your running career, you know, before before you got into coaching, and when you were when you were running college, and and like your times, your ten k's and marathons and stuff like that. What were some of your goals
1: back then as a runner competing? Well, I wanted to you know qualify for the Olympic trials, but it wasn't quite that good, and uh, I had some things that went on, you know, like injuries, and you know, my senior year at South or my last year of eligibility. Uh, because I had that one extra year to graduate. Uh, I wish I would have been red-shirted. And so I ran a meet over in Pensacola, and uh, I won the mile. And what at, was that time, Steve? Uh, I was like 4.13. That was the school record at South. And I ran uh, like 60 seconds the last lap. I mean, I was basically running fast enough to win, because I had to come back and run the three three mile. And I said, uh I set school record in that. An hour later, I ran my last four hundred under sixty seconds in that race. So we're pointing towards the end of the season, and uh, there's a big meet at uh, Florida State. Well, we weren't part of the Sun Belt; we were an independent then. So South Alabama, and so uh, I got this. I don't know. It was well, I, they never said it was walking pneumonia, but. Some bad bronchitis, whatever. I'm out on a run, and uh, uh, Sunday, like a ten mile run, and I'm I'm having trouble all of a sudden breathing, and I had to quit halfway to my run. I was in, I, I made it back to campus, but I didn't do my ten miles, and I started coughing, and I was coughing up food. I was my, I would cough so deep, my ribs, my uh, my abs. Great, great way to get your ass in shape. <laughs> I mean, they were sore from it. And oh, I would yeah. cough up food. And I had this deep buzz. So, you know, they sent me to the doctor. And that was it. That's how I ended my running career at South. I couldn't, you know, I had to get rid of all this whatever. And it was uh, not the way I wanted to go. But, you know, God has a plan, right? Yes. So uh, I, um, I was pointing towards that Florida State meet, getting back to that. And I knew I could run with those guys because I ran with them in cross country and, uh, you know, beat some of them. And so we were going there, going to go there and try to run a qualifying mark, which we felt I could do uh, to go to the NCAA D1 in Austin that year. And, uh, you know, my time was good enough to do that. And um, so, but, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, didn't, and that ended my college career, and then I I got into road racing, never did get back on the track, and I was training hard, I mean, my last six weeks before I came back down here, Joey, I had four four 100-mile weeks in a row. And two, like, around 95-mile weeks up in New Jersey. But then, you know, I ran the Azalea City cross-country. And they had a college division, an open division. I ran the op- – won the open. And then, you know, you're coaching. So you got to concentrate on the guys you're coaching. So that was it. You know, I still was running, stay in shape. But I didn't run any races. I didn't run races for a long time. I went over to southeastern Louisiana and still ran – And, uh, I would say it's more than just running. I wasn't training, training, but I was kind of training. I was in good shape, but again, I backed away from my own ego or whatever. I don't think I had an ego, but I guess we all do my own. Because I had to focus in on those guys being better, not me. And then eventually I, Got into a couple road, ran this area Trail Run.
0: You were actually the the a uh, local winner two years in a row, I believe. Which, yeah, was, yeah. Well, and that that's a that back then it was very competitive. You know, Mike Plum won it nine times. Yes, overall, and I've been a second six times. Wow, wow. <laughs> well, I got out of it before 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 you guys came along. Yeah, it was it was highly competitive, and y- you coached a lot of a uh, good female runners. You know. Uh, uh, Lisa Drew, the former Lisa Savelle, and Suzanne Pierce. And the list goes on and on. With I had a really good uh,
1: female team that I took up, the Vulcan. And we got beat because they used to have a team. And right. A we, the shoe, I ran Vulcan but we times. Well, we beat some of the shoe companies. We got second to Adidas or something. I had Lori Lazare if you remember Oh, her. yeah. Lori was – And I had so. Suzanne and I had Lisa. And I think I had one other. I mean, we had a good – Good squad of uh, women. And they did well. I still got a plaque that they won sitting in my house. I don't know if it was from the Zaria Trail or one of them. But uh, anyway, so um, I, I I, I, was in and out of races a little bit. Like when I came back from New Jersey, I had been married and we moved back here. And uh, I go down to the Dolphin Island race. And this is the year – I guess it was the hurricane run. Yeah, the hurricane five. Yeah, yeah. I guess they were calling it then, you know. But I was new back in town. I go down there and, you know, it's five k. I think I ran fifteen oh one, and that's scooting along. Yeah, and uh, you know, I didn't have any competition except with myself at that time. Uh, But uh, you know, I ran this area a few times, three times. I ran the first one, finishing top ten. And then there's two others where I won the first local. I may have won the first local in the uh, first race and uh, you know, ran Crescent City a couple of times. Ran 30-30 was my best road 10K. And uh, I, I attempted the marathon when I was living back in New Jersey. So I ran the Penn Relays marathon. And that's pen wheel. That's that's they when they used to have it. That was the Sunday before the week of the pen re, uh, relays, which is the largest relay carnival in the world. I mean, I ran there in high school. I I finished fifth in the invitational high school mile. And you know, on Saturdays they have like fifty thousand spectators. Over three days, I'll have a hundred thousand spectators. And my coach, I was a freshman. They took me over there as a non-dressing alternate. Okay and i think he just wanted me to get see the excitement and we had guys in the 4 by 1 relay and in the uh uh 4 by 4 i don't think they ran a 4 by 8 that year but i'd run it after that and uh and i think i ran the 4 by 4 one year but i ran that invitational ma my senior year and that's where a lot of teams got on me after i got fifth in that but uh i went there that first year and my coach told me don't look up in the stands because most high school kids don't run in front of that many people. <laughs> you know, 50 <often> that. <laughs> but I caught the bug. So there was a man named Larry James, the mighty burner. He was smooth as silk, ran for Villanova. And it's a packed house, and they're four by four. Okay, that's the last event under me. And so Rice has got a real good team, and they open up a lead on Villanova. So Larry gets the anchor leg. Now, the kid, guy from Rice is a 45.400 meter guy. Larry gets that stick, and he's coming around. And he's going down the backstretch, and you can see he's moving closer. He's chopping into that lead. And the crowd, as he's going down the backstretch, they used to call this the woo factor. They're going, woo he's going around the curve. Woo. And, and as he comes on the final straightaway coming off the curve, he actually passed this guy from rice, ran a 43 point anchor leg, which at that time was the fastest anchor leg ever. Little did I know from that experience as a wet behind the ears, freshman and seeing that. And I would always watch track meets on wide world of sports. If you remember that, that show. And so I was always a track fan. And, um, So little did I know, later on in life, I was his distance coach at uh, Stockton State, which is a D3 school about 20 uh, minutes outside Atlantic City. Wow. So I did that for a year. And then, you know, fast forward, because I want to tie this in. Larry got the silver medal in Mexico City. Ran 43 points, second fastest time of all time. He was on the 4x400 relay, ran Two fifty six held that they held that record for like twenty some years, and you know who else was on that team was Lee Evans. Oh wow! And Lee Lee Evans got me to announce at South Alabama. So here Lee won the gold medal at Mexico City. Ran on that relay, and he ran forty three. You know, point uh, held that record for twenty some years, and I'm like, I, 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 I. I I was working, you know, even though I was announcing, but I was working for Leo doing that, and then Larry, and I'm like two of the fastest 400 meter runners of all time at that. <laughs> you know, I got I got to know them. and it was just you know because I'm a distance guy, but uh, I wasn't so much of a distance guy because I was a a track fan. I liked to uh, you know, tra- I don't know if you remember uh, Parisians. Oh yeah. So Parisians. It has uh, Bob Beeman, if you remember him, oh, yeah. he broke that record at Mexico City, jumped a foot longer than anybody's ever jumped, and so they had it measured out on the floor for Parisians, and so we're they're, they're going to have a, a setup to promote the Olympic Games that coming year, which is going to be in Seoul, South Korea, and they brought in Bob Beeman to, you know, for the people to get autographs and all. And uh, so I got a chance to autograph, no autograph, I got him to sign the shirt, but I got a chance to interview him and Ron Golnick was there. And uh, uh, so uh, I got, you know, to meet him. So, you know, I come home and I had my daughter uh, with me uh, that weekend. And I said, you know, Sarah, I said, Bob Beeman can, we'll open the front door, he can jump through the front door. And you got to jump pretty high. I don't know if you know that. Oh, yeah. They get high up. here, And out onto our patio. Oh, wow. In other words, he can jump right through our living room because I measured it off, huh? you know? <laughs> so I, I, I want to tell you this. Ralph Boston was the premier long jumper back in the late 60s, early, you know, uh, let's see. I guess 72. Was he still jumping? I think he may have been. I got to meet Ralph. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. So I'm announcing the Ohio Valley Indoor Championships. And Ralph Boston is there. He's just there. He went to Tennessee State. And so Ralph comes over to me. I've never met him before. What a nice gentleman. And we got to talk. Couldn't talk too long because I was, you know, announcing the meet. But, you know, God blessed me with that. It what a I mean, just you had to meet him. And a few months later he died. Oh no. You know, I don't know what but he passed away. I've met people like that and they, they have a
0: have a major impact on you and it, it stays with you.
1: Those yeah. memories stay with you. And after he got out of uh uh competing, he used to announce track meets. He he was not the main guy, but he was like the main color commentator in the jumps and stuff. Had a very good voice, really good voice. And there's something in there. There was a long jumper at South Alabama who I had for class, Dr. Tom Chilton. And Tom was an alternate on the Olympic team that went to Mexico City. He got fourth. And him and Ralph were good friends. And we talked about... because. Ralph didn't know that Tom had passed like two years ago, you know, two or three years ago. So I let Ralph know that he was surprised about that. And, uh, and, uh, Tom was a nationally ranked, you know, world rank at times, a long jumper. So it was like, whoa, you know, but I'm so, I was so excited to, you know, meet, um, Ralph. And we've had some, uh, pretty good track people come through here, either at South or just coming through like, um, uh, Tony Waldrop, president of the University of South Alabama, had the world record in the mile. Wow! I don't know if you knew that indoor world record when he was in North Carolina. And I would go. I started washing my clothes at a at a place, and uh, I used to wash clothes there. Jack, I'll give him a plug. Jaguar Cleaners, <laughs> and uh, and they had washed, and it was almost the same price as when I was in college years ago. So. I'd see, and I got to know Tony because, uh, Dr. Waldrop, um, because, uh, you know, I was down, sat down South Meets and he'd come to the, a couple of the meets, not all. And, uh, so, uh, he'd come in Jaguar Cleaners and pick up his cleaning. He didn't wash his clothes there, but he felt, you and know, we'd get a chance to talk. We'd tell you, talk quite a few times and, you know, he passed away too last year. So, uh, all the great ones. Well, right? uh, did you, you ran with, uh, Bobby Abrascado? No, he
0: was after. He was before. He was before, right? I, yeah. he was before or after. He was after after. Yeah, but he was a heck of a runner, and not many. He's such a great fisherman and fishing guy. Yeah, not many people remember that he, <laughs> well, he was. I don't think
1: anybody uh, remembers his running. Yeah, except, he was a, a hall, He's in the hall
0: of fame for yeah at South, but yeah. he was a, he's a competitor at McGill, Tulane as well. But and you know you mentioned those sixty uh, uh, second quarters earlier, and that made that made me think of. The day over at St. Paul's when David Kamani was going to try to break the four minute mile, mm-hmm. and, and and it was it was incorporated with a
1: yeah, it's high a challenge school. of champions. You, you,
0: yeah, that was your meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you knew all about that. Yeah. And I of course, you know, I used to video all that stuff. And here he goes, man. And he was running those sixties. You know, when he had yeah. to, he had to break sixty on one of them to break four yeah, minutes. You right. know how that goes. And he ran four oh one. He and but he had oh, he, he I think he had an injury or something that day or. That, that prevented him, prevented him from from actually doing it, but with 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 David Kamani and Charlie Spencer, and you and Lyme were so close, me and Lyme were close. yeah Lon did so much for the running community and 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 the way that Charlie and David lost their lives as runners was
1: was was just God bless their souls. I've wanted to tell you, I've got a picture. you know I used to put on that New Year's Eve two mile run if you remember, with First Night Mobile. And so at the starting line, we have a... I mean, that's was around a,
0: Providence Hospital.
1: No, no, that was downtown. Oh, oh that's First exactly Night right. Mobile. Yes, yes, yes. So I put that race on, and there was a bunch of guys from Mississippi State. I mean, it was a fast race. But anyway, at the starting line, I got a picture. I don't know what I did with it. I hope I still have it uh, somewhere. And it's a picture of Charlie and David Kamani standing, standing right next right to, next to, each, to each, each other. And so I had a flash... Of the twin towers, you know it's just something that sticks out, you know and and even though Charlie he was a good runner, but I mean wasn't david Kamani's uh good, but uh he was a good runner, he ran for me at Murphy, and he ran in college, he was part of Beville State's National Junior College cross-country championship. Well, y'all
0: won a state championship at Murphy in, yeah. in the
1: late 90s. Yeah. With Charlie and, and, Charlie. and others. Yeah.
0: Fr- Dan, uh, Dan Freeline.
1: Daniel Freeline. I had uh, a Joseph Herring, who was our number one runner. Ray Glisson was number two. And we were actually ranked uh, nationally for a while. And uh, so we didn't lose to any Alabama team all year. Go up to, we got upset. At the Muddy Classic. I never go to the Muddy Classic. I decide to take those. All right, we'll run the Muddy Classic. That's the one over at University University of Mobile Mobile used to be. Good one. And there was a really good team out of Florida, a real good team. And so they had a narrow start. And I told my top two guys, don't take the pace out. Because if our guys get boxed in, it's going to take a while for them to bring them up to the front. If you take off too soon, you're going to string the field out. And that's not going to help us because we got to wait for those guys to come up there and, you know, and be scorers. So what did they do? They take it out the first mile. (laughs) And so some of my guys, because it was so narrow, got caught in the box. I I remember seeing Charlie. He's trying to get through there, you know, at the end. And we got upset. We got beat. I wasn't happy with those guys and yell and scream. But I told him, you didn't listen to me. <laughs> you know? I mean, just because their strategy in, in cross-country is no a team no sport. Doubt. exactly. And so my guys are down. You know, we, because we got upset, we dropped out of the national. Well, we were still ranked, you know, regionally. But not, so those guys are, the team's kind of pouting a little bit, you know. And I said, okay, guys, get your head up. We're going over. I want you to shake that team's hands and congratulate them. And, uh, you know, we'll have to do another day, uh, you know, where I want you to remember this. I went over to the coach, and I told his team, you just beat a nationally ranked team. I let them know how good they did. And, you know, I don't know if my guys liked it, but that's their problem, you know. We got to be humble in victory and gracious in defeat, and so I—that uh, was my slogan to him. So we go up to Vulcan, and that year we got hit. Vulcan was one of the top high school meets in the country, up in Birmingham. Oh yeah. And so we 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 get hit by a hurricane the week of that meet, and um, so you know the guys are scattered out. Uh, I don't know if they ran on their own. Probably they probably tried, and so we get together. I think maybe that Thursday we got to go up there and travel on Friday to meet Saturday. And so we went up there, and uh, we actually got third. The two teams that beat us were the teams ranked right ahead of us nationally. And the team from Kentucky, we wouldn't have beat. But I believe if we wouldn't have had the hurricane, we would have beat the team out of Tennessee. I say that. But we were on the podium. Top three teams got on the podium. Right. And that's the championship of America race. And they have some good teams coming from far away as Utah and all. And then my girls, they ran. Um, they made the podium, uh, but as the top Alabama team. They got like 13th overall, you know, in the race. But they were the top Alabama team. And that team went on to win the the uh, girls' state championship the next year. So, uh, you know. That was uh, some good memories. <laughs> well, wow.
0: you know that's that's so so cool. And you you have a you have a meet coming up, the Mobile Challenge of Champions, the thirty first
1: annual. And what's the date on that, Steve? Sept, uh, well, August thirty first. We call that the Independent Division. It's just schools that aren't associated with the high school athletic associations. All right, and then you know, we'll have some home scores. And then Friday is September first, and that is um, freshman division. And then Saturday is what we call the open division. That's a combination of B teams. I'm not going to call them JV, but B teams because their A team is running in the invite. And then so you got all A teams in the invite. And in the uh, open division, you got some varsity teams in there that aren't good enough to get in the invitational division. So, you know, you're kind of mixing them together. And last year, Brother Martin won both divisions out of New Orleans. And St. Joe's, uh, I think it was the third year in a row, out of Baton Rouge, they have a powerhouse team. They came, they seemed—they they came, they saw they conquered Louisiana. <laughs> the Louisiana school spanked us, you know.
0: <laughs> well, you know, uh, four, four of the best years of my life was when my oldest daughter, Tiffany, ran for Coach Jim Tate at St. Paul's and, and Coach Tate took me under his wing and and treated me like a son. And I and I looked at him like a father figure. And those were some great times and some great meets. All the meets you've talked about tonight uh, were just unbelievable. Uh, just
1: it's a great sport. It's a uh, great sport. And, uh, I want to share a little baseball with you after you've done that point.
0: Okay. Well, well. Before we, before we get to that, let's let's do this. I want mm-hmm. I want to cover this. Change gears here for a minute. Yeah. And you're gonna we're gonna. We're going to go to the Catcher's Corner with Joey Warner. Okay. My buddy Danny Jennings gave me that topic. So, yeah. so I'm going to go through some stuff right here. Jake Peavy, our own at a Mobile, was inducted to the Saint San Diego Padres Hall of Fame on Friday night. And Jake, uh, just an incredible honor. And he took 40 family members to San Diego. And, and he, his speech was great. You can go on my Facebook page, Mobile Baseball Connection, and see, see the entire, entire ceremony. And uh, congratulations to Jake Peavy. And it's just an incredible honor. Cy Young winner in 2007, Triple Crown winner in 2007. And last Friday, uh, Wade Boyette had his homecoming. We had 12 old-timers, which uh, was just an incredible time. It, it it's it's not old timers according to Wade anymore. It's prime time. <laughs> and we had a great time at Butch Casties, Roy Sewer, who was in, in the walking community for yeah. years and years, he he was there and, and hosted the thing with his brother Ernie Sewer. And of course Wade Boyette was there. I was there. Tim Dees, who is getting ready to go into the high school officials Hall of Fame. He's been wow. uh refereeing for over fifty years, was an umpire and he finally retired, and they're inducting him into the, the Alabama High School Officials Hall of Fame uh, next month. And you had Alex Pastor, who we talked about. Alex was there. David Duvall. Jocko Potts of oh, Mobile yeah. Bay Monthly was there. Jack Tillman, one of our, uh, the greatest boxers to ever come out of Mobile. And a sheriff for 12 years. Huh? Jack was there with his, with his nephew, John Tillman. John John Tillman and his grandson Jackson Tillman, Larry Dodson out of out of Davidson High School was there, and 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 just just a a a dozen people. We had the most fun, and that was so cool. And then more news: uh, Spanish Forts. J.D. Pruitt, of course, took to Alabama or the whatever it's whatever Faulkner Coastal South used to be the old Faulkner State. uh, coach Pruitt from Spanish Fort, who was coach of the year on the 7A level, he took that job, so it opened up Spanish Fort high school job. And Tommy Walker is coming home. he's He got that job, so he's going to be coaching the Spanish Fort Toros. Tommy is no uh, stranger to, to Spanish Fort baseball. He won 201 games in his time over there, won the state championship in 2010, 11, and 12, the only – area team to win three consecutive state championships. We're we're gonna be getting Tommy on the show soon. So congratulations Tommy Walker for coming home. And Terry Curtis, UMS Wright, won eight state championships, came up a big baseball player, umpire, but eight state championships at UMS Wright. He was named the National Coach of the Year. And he was in Lincoln, Nebraska last year, you know, doing his acceptance speech for that honor. And and again, Tim D's going into to the high school officials Hall of Fame, and and that's that's a, that's Joey Warner, catcher's corner. That's that's some really good news that we that we had last week in in, in baseball. But you, you mentioned, <coughs> excuse me, you mentioned going into baseball, and, and Steve Steve is brought down here to the studio tonight. These, I guess. Plates, coins, coin, coin mm-hmm. plates. They call them coins. They're 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 called co- coins, and they're they're like aluminum plates with all kinds of awesome information. And he's brought a whole collection of them. And I I, I guess he's got fifty here, so I took about twenty. <coughs> I'm gonna mention some of them, Steve. Uh, all right, here we go. We got Bill Mazeroski, uh, two Bill Mazeroskis, 1964, and. Got Jimmy Wynn. You, you named his uh, what? What we call his uh, nickname? The toy cannon. The toy cannon. Here's Jim Fregosi. Here's another good one. And here we go with Joe Torre, 1964 All Star. Bob Gibson. What a what a great season in 1968. Bill Freehan. And we have Willie Mays, Alabama's own, and Brooks Robinson, one of the best third basemen of all time. Harmon Killebrew. And we have Tim McCarver, what a great announcer, and, and a backstop for Bob Gibson and Steve Carlton as well. Orlando Cepeda, Pete Rose, yes, old Pete. We had Pete Rose Jr. on, on the show here a while back. With Ricky Patterson, and here we have Ken Boyer, not Roberto Clemente, but Bob Clemente twice. Juan Marichal with a high kick from the Dominican Republic. Frank Robinson, what a great player! And here's another Bob Clemente. and and here we go with Al Downing, who gave up Hank Aaron's 715th home run. Another one. Former Marichel. president
1: of the American League.
0: Former president of the American League, Bill White. And that and and those are just those are 20 or 25 of. Some outstanding coins that Steve brought down.
1: Is is this Don Drysdale? I may have read that Uh, wrong. That's
0: Ron Peronis. Oh, right. Oh, he was a heck of a reliever. Yes, yes. And, you know, you can just pick it. Let me pick one up and see who he's got right here. Luis Aparicio. Oh, great shortstop. White Sox. Let me me do that again. This is kind of fun. Norm Cash. Oh, man. Detroit Tigers. Yes, he hit three sixty one. Wow, 361. One year with the – Detroit Tigers, Ron Fairley.
1: yeah, and he was a heck of a hitter That's for the right. Dodgers. Right field, I think he played. Well, you know,
0: Steve, you mentioned coming from the uh, New Jersey area and you know Philadelphia area where where Coach Stanky's from, and and uh, you know, going back to Coach Stanky and 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 baseball back then, you say y'all used to warm up and and. Or watch the games when you were warming up because okay. I mean they get three thousand people in those wooden bleachers yeah. over there on Jaguar Field. Did you were you able to attend any of those games? In, I in on first? the week
1: if we didn't have a track meet on the weekend, uh, we'd go to the games. I remember me and you know Pat Chester. Oh yeah, yeah. What so we were managed. We were, oh yeah, it was very good. We were managing Thirsty's Tavern at one time, and so uh, uh, you had
0: some times at Mike's Public House. You worked there too, didn't you?
1: No, I didn't work there, <laughs> but I'll tell you some stories off there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm a Solomon's Waterhole type guy. Came became poor Richards and all that stuff. <laughs> Captain Daz was up on the hill, but Thirsty's, Mike's Public House, that whole South Alabama used to
1: be rocking. You know, oh it did, yeah, you? yeah. I mean, we were the rock and roll place, Thirsty's. So we go to South is playing. Florida State, and it's like number one and number three in the country playing each other. You know, South one year, I think it was seventy five. They were number one in the country for a while. I'm, I'm almost okay. positive. Okay. Yep. Uh I wasn't there the first time they were number one because I was still in junior college. But uh, so the uh, so Butch Trucks of the Allman Brothers. Okay. He had a band. The Allman Brothers had broken up for a while, and they were playing in Thirsties. His band called Trucks. That could have been when Greg
0: Allman and Cher got together. I think uh, they were married for eight days at one time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> but
1: anyway. So we, we go out to the game. Oh, Butch was going to Florida State. He was going to college. And we went out to see South play uh, Florida State at Jaguar Field. And uh, it was cold. You know, it can be cold in those March games. No doubt. And, yep. uh And we were sitting in the stands all bundled up, me and Pat and Butch, and I think uh, one or two of his other bandmates, you know. It was a good game. I don't know if South won or not. I can't remember now. But uh, I wanted to share this story with you. I think I shared it to you the other night, tell your listeners. I'm sitting in the parking lot, uh, the old parking lot. I think the clock tower's there now, whatever. It was all different, as you well know. So – The locker rooms, as we were saying, were inside the old uh, Jaguar gym, uh, you know, type, uh, in that building. So this man drives up, and I'm at him. I'm not in my car. I think I was getting ready to leave or whatever. He gets out of the car, and he said, do you know where Coach Stanky is? And I said, well, his office is in that building there. And uh, Tommy John. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, and he was driving, I'm sure, to Florida, you know, because, yeah, he drove in a car, once he flew in and rented a car, probably on his way to spring training. That's what I was thinking. And, uh, man, Tommy John, you know? <laughs> and, uh, I was, I was like, ooh, you know, that was something. So, uh, I just pointed him to where you know, I didn't wait around. I just pointed him where Coach Stanky's office would be, and of course, Stanky was his uh, manager with the White Sox for a while, and uh, that was awesome. And then Dick Williams' son pitched. Why was it South? And I really didn't get a chance to talk to him, but you know, saw him a couple of times.
0: You know, Dick Williams. I I just saw. I was I was looking at those those inductees. With the San Diego Padres, that Jake went in, and there was so many good ones. And Dick Williams, you know, is even though he was one of the world champion managers for the yeah. Oakland A's, he went in. He is in the the San Diego Padres Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes.
1: He was with them,
0: as, as long with and, and Teb Williams as well, and Gary Templeton, Ken Caminiti, Benito Santiago. Wow. Uh, Nate Colbert, Randy Jones, Dave Winfield, Tony Wynn, and Jake Peavy amongst all of them. And that's pretty that's cool That's amazing. Stuff. It really is.
1: But, uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah. Let they, me tell you something about Jake Peavy. All right. He doesn't know me. I don't, I've don't. i never met him to kind of remember. But uh, I used to use his name at practice sometimes. So, you know, I, I did just throw people out. And Jake's famous. You know, this is back when I was at Murphy. He wasn't quite where he is now, you know, but he was he was in the majors. He was cutting the trail. Yeah, I mean, I said, you know, when guys would slack off, I'd use his nickname, not his nickname, his name, even with my summer running camps where I'd have some St. Paul's kids, I'd uh, say, do you think J, uh, Jake Peavy's cutting it short? You think he's at practice at St. Paul's? And he says, ah, and you know. And so I would use that to motivate my team, as well as other, you know, some track right, athletes. Yeah. But I wanted to throw some other people out, because he was, you know, in the newspaper and all. He was 44-1 and one at St. Paul's in his, yeah. heart, in his career. Now, he wasn't in high school when he uh, he was in, in the—I don't think he was even with the Bay Bears. I think he was with San Diego, you know. Right. But I wanted, you know, he was getting ink, and I wanted them to know that there's a man— in our city, Mobile Alabama, from here, that was you know excelled at his sport, and he wasn't taking shortcuts to get to where he needed to go no he didn't he i mean jake Jake had all the ability in the world, and
0: mm-hmm. the scouts saw that mm-hmm you know he's a 15th round draft choice and i remember him talking about being homesick when he yeah. when he first made it up yeah. to the, in the minor leagues and then he, mm. and he then he got moved to mobile he says i can sleep in my own bed <laughs> <laughs> and uh but hey he he traveled the ladder of success and he took it one rung at a time and everybody is so proud of him, and he's gives so much back to the city of Mobile. It's just amazing what he's done. And his brother Luke has supported him, and mm-hmm. his family, all his sons have supported him, and his mom and dad, and and his grand grandfathers, both of them. It was a shame how his grandfather Blanche left us, but but uh, he had a major impact on Jake. But but you know that's that's good stuff, and and you know Steve you you've had you've been in tv back when cable i remember on 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 Bay TV fr- friday nights yeah, yeah friday nights before uncle henry yeah uh exactly and well you know you had all these shows i even had had some shows on yeah, there I know. and but but my friday nights before a big race you know cuz that you know mm-hmm. racing on saturdays you know low key on friday night your show came on friday nights running and fitness and you remember marcel pringle and what was that What was there? They had a wrestling show. Marcel Pringle and beautiful Bob Holly, who made it big in the wrestling world. He did. You know, and that was so cool to watch running and fitness because you gave us all the news about running.
1: Who was the manager, uh, you know, wrestling manager? They made the oh, big yeah, time. The, uh, he, oh, he was with the Undertaker, yeah, I think. The, the, the uh, Paul, Paul Paul Bear. Paul
0: Bear. Yeah, yeah, Paul Bear. He's and from they, Mobile. Yeah, yeah he sure well, is was. Out of yeah, Cedar area. Yeah. and big, big time. And and Marcel used to talk about that. And they cut up all the time, you know. And then we 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 did have Uncle Henry had some shows as it came on, and then Rim Animal Clinic and. And, and and even the girl that the tattoo, I can't remember her name. Yeah, yeah, she had but that was good good stuff. It was yeah. local. Chastity. Stuff. Chastity, yeah. She had good shows, but but um but those running and fitness shows that that had me fired up to, to where I was ready to run the next morning. And then you come up with knockout boxing and with all your commitments to running and, and what you did for the running community with having guests and talked about you know all kinds of stuff when it comes to running and fitness. Uh, when you moved into the knockout boxing side, how did that unfold when you got up with Jerry and Jack Tillman and, and, and became the ring announcer and, and, and very instrumental in, in, in the fights that we had at the Abbot Temple Shriners and, and and the fairgrounds out out in the 90s.
1: Well, I I was a boxing fan when I was young. I used to sit and watch Friday Night Fights with my grandfather. I was just a little boy. Dan Dunphy was the announcer, and, you know, he's a Hall of Fame boxing announcer. And uh, so I'd watch that Kid Galahad and, you know, all those back in that era. And so I was a boxing fan. And so, you know, fast forward here to, to, um, uh, you know, how I got involved with... uh, with the uh, knockout boxing. Somehow I got involved with Jerry Tillman. Well, here's what happened. Ron Golnick had a heart attack. Uh, not the one that ended his life, but uh, he had a heart attack, and he wanted to slow things down. So and you know, he Let, me, asked let me, me say this real quick. Yeah. This
0: Ron, Steve used to do the, the, pre, the, the, the review of the Zaya Trail Run on Saturday nights after the race. And that was a big thing, too, because the Zaya Trail Run for three consecutive years when I when I started getting in mm-hmm. serious in the running, they had over ten thousand runners all three seasons, yeah. all three years, eleven thousand. And, and, and you know, beat. and and it was just a great event. And then it carried over into where y'all started putting local, smaller races on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, Bruce Coldsmith's races mm-hmm. and all kinds of sponsors, great sponsors. And Ron, I had, going, that, I had
1: that Grand Prix series, if you remember,
0: it, it sure sure did. And 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 I, I remember I've got ever when Bruce. Bruce had a different color T-shirt every time that he had it. He had it twice a year, too. But, you know, when y'all would put these shows on, you know, Don Wright and Richard Dorman, and just it was awesome. And and Ron Golnick, bless his heart, bless his soul, uh, you and him worked really good together. He was a great sportscaster, and you were about to talk about that, about Ron, and I, I didn't mean to, I wanted to throw that in there.
1: He was from New Jersey. Okay. Like me. And uh, he used to be on the New Jersey Nightly News on the PBS station. He did the sports. I didn't know him then. And you know, it's kind of amazing cuz Lee Shervanian's from New Jersey. Right. He did Rutgers stores from New Yeah, from New yeah. Jersey. Well, Lee did Rutgers basketball while, when they made that final four. It was uh, Indiana and Rutgers I think LSU. I forget the other team, but anyway, he was LS he, who? You mean Brian Kelly? I, well, nobody said
0: something about Brian Kelly. I hope he loses every game. I just had to throw that in there. LSU. You're the
1: second guy I've heard <laughs> say that. It's a Notre Dame fan. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, I, I you know getting back to how I got into the boxing show was so Ron had to slow things down. All right, he had that hard. So he asked me to do the announce and the, the ring announcing. You know, and so. Uh, you know, that's a different crowd than running crowd. And it's a different crowd than the pro re- – because I did a couple pro wrestling shows. And those people, they think it's – oh, I don't want to spoil anything to anybody. <laughs> yeah. But just think about how it's done, all right? <laughs> I don't want to pop anybody's bubble about wrestling. Or yeah. that. I mean, it's a fun – a fun night you're saying
0: they think it's real
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean i had people at the ring you know i'm announcing the winner and these people look like crazed maniacs booing me i didn't even get that at the at the fights you know they may have booed a little bit but not at me you know the wrestling crowds throwing stuff and you know i mean they let these people out where they got them so anyway (laughs) I'm doing the ring announcing at the fights, and I was growing with it. And so Jack, he was like president of his son and daughter's soccer league. So he was supposed to go away for six months—not—not I mean six weeks—not out of town, but you know handling that stuff. So I'm sitting in there for six weeks, right? Well, that became three years. And uh, we had Joe Frazier and Michael Spinks on both shows, the running and fitness and the knockout boxing. And uh, I, I was really blessed. I want to share this with you. Uh, Matthew said Muhammad. So I was doing a WBF world title fight. And I think that fight was in uh, was in New Orleans. At first, I, I, you know, I was trying to get my memory together. Well, Matthew said Muhammad is one of the great light heavyweights of all time. And so is uh, Michael Spinks. But I got to meet him. He was at the fight. He had since gotten out of boxing. And uh, so I got a chance to talk to him somewhat, you know. And uh, I was one of the WBF uh, officials, too, besides doing the ring in it. So I saw a a thing on my Facebook, and I did not know this. I did not know. He passed away. I can't remember when exactly, but uh, he had Lou Gehrig's disease. And... uh, I was like, wow, because he was a really nice guy. He was from Philly. (laughs) All these Philly people were in, you know, down here. And uh, it was just like, wow, you know, I mean, to be able to sit and talk to him. And, you know, he was uh, at the top of his game uh, in his sport. And uh, because that that Luke Derrick disease, I mean, you're familiar with that. And it's just a shame. But I've been really blessed, Joey. I mean, I've met so many athletes through different venues, like the Challenger Champions Track Meet. Reese Hoffa, a uh, silver medalist at the Worlds. I think he may even won a gold medal. He was a shot putter at Georgia. And I used to announce the Alabama Relays. I did that for about eight years. And he came and threw there. Uh, you know, this is after college. He's a professional. And I'm down on the infield announcing the shot put. He throws the shot 72 feet. That is a long way, especially if you're down there and seeing it compared to TV. You know, TV doesn't do it justice. So fast forward to the Challenge of Champions, which are in April. The Alabama Relays were right about towards the end of March. And so I'm announced, and who's in the stands? Reese Hoffa. And I go, Reese, I said, what are you doing here? He says, well, my team, my school team came down here to compete and I asked him if he would mind giving out the awards and he did Wow! and uh, I've had Bobby Humphrey in the stands and uh, I mean some big time at Richmond Flowers I don't know if you remember Richmond Flowers I do that's an interesting story because he pulled a hamstring. He had a shot to make the Olympic team. He was a great hurdler at Tennessee. Obviously, you know, he played in the NFL, and uh, they did that story about his father on I mean, it was a TV movie. His father was Attorney General of uh, State of Alabama, and we had integration. Well, I wasn't he living here then, but the integration was going on, and he was getting death threats. And uh, um, Bear Bryant wanted Richmond. That's the, the But he didn't like the way, uh, and this has nothing to do with the with the bear, but he didn't like the way that people were treating his dad here in Alabama, and he signed with Tennessee. Wow. And it was a really good movie. I don't know, you know, it was a made-for-TV movie, so I don't know if you could ever find it, but it's definitely a movie to watch if you can ever find it somewhere. I don't even remember the name. Then So both his sons came in high school, and they were good hurdlers, and they played football, and at Ole Miss, And one was at uh, UT Martin, left UT Martin, I think, to go to Duke or vice versa. And uh, he um, was at UT Chattanooga, I think. Anyway, so uh, um, uh, Richmond gave out the awards for the hurdles for me one time. I had people coming through, you know, and I'd recognize, hey, you want to give out the awards? No, you know, I mean, I had Jeff Smith. Jeff won uh, Boston. He's from Uh, The UK, and he won the Boston Marathon. Got second at New York. Ran the Olympic Games in LA, and uh, I had him come in and do a clinic with a couple other Olympians. And uh, I said, "Jeff, do you mind giving?" No, no, you know, just. And so I've met people like that, and uh, I don't know, you know, God has blessed me uh, with. uh, With the, uh, you know, to meet these people and just, you know, you talk to them and they're they're just like us. That's right. (laughs) They're just like us, you know? Well, you know, you've been talking with Steve Schoenwald
0: and Joey Warner on the batter's box, and and we've been talking running and fitness. We've been talking baseball. We've been talking boxing. And Steve, I want to thank you for coming on, but we've got five more minutes. And with five minutes, we talked about something last week, and, and let's just throw that out there what we're going to talk about here for the, for the people to chew on and think about. And it's just total opinion over, over what we have, but we talked about some of the greatest athletes in the world, you know, ever. And, and last week when we talked, we came up with names like Wilt Chamberlain and Babe Ruth and Jim Thorpe and Bo Jackson, even Dion Sanders, throw in Herschel Walker there. And, There's so many really great athletes, Michael Jordan, you know, uh, Tiger Woods. I mean, there's so many variables and and intangibles to think about with who is the greatest athlete. But with with some of the ones that we've talked about, Pete Maravich and Bill Walton. I mean, there's just so many. Sum it up, kind of give me your take on some
1: of or the best athlete, or just give me your opinion. I'm old school. OK, I'm old school because since, you know, since ESPN, they've done a lot of good stuff. Right. We have a lot of good, But they usually think that uh, since ESPN, that's when the greatest athletes were, you know. And, and you know, I'm uh, as I told you, I'm old school. I think Jim Thorpe was the greatest athlete of all time, played made, major league baseball for six years. He wasn't a superstar. But, you know, I read something on it on online. I may have sent that to you today. And it was like. Oh well he wasn't that good of a player. Well, he played in the majors for six years. He must have been half decent, you know, to get a major league, even though it was in the early nineteen hundreds. Played we didn't have the NFL, but he played, you know, professional football. Won the Olympic gold medal in the decathlon and pentathlon in the same Olympics. And to me, he's the greatest athlete of all time. Um, you know, I'm a Wilt guy, being Philly and he was such a tremendous track athlete and in high school. And plus, he won the Big Eight high jump, which is now the Big 12. And he was a teammate, and you may not know who this person is Al Order. Al Order and him were teammates on the Kansas track team. Well, Al Order, four time Olympic gold medalist in the discus. And they were friends because they were on the same team. And, uh, you know, so I, you know, I look at baseball, Ruth, um, I mean, you know, and, you know, it's apples and oranges. You know how sports is. I mean, everybody's got their opinion.
0: I think (laughs) think you talked about Jim Brown as well. Yeah, Jim Brown,
1: two Hall Hall of Fames, you know, football and lacrosse. And uh, so there's a lot of great, you know, I'm not against all the the new guys. I mean, I think Brady's the greatest quarterback. Montana's kind of right there. But, uh, oh, and I just forgot his name because he just passed away. Oh, he just passed away, and I can't think of the name right now. I think I sent that to you. But, you know, I'm looking at the record. Don Hudson.
0: Right. He is the greatest
1: receiver of all time in the NFL. Nothing against Jerry Rice. He's right up there. Read the records of Don Hudson. He's the guy who really ran the first pass patterns. But read how many yards he gained. You know, receiving, you know, and you got to read him because he's lost in history. I didn't know much about I mean, I knew who he was, but I did a little studying on him, you know, and like, wow, he's he's the greatest receiver in in, uh, pro football Green Bay Packers. That's right.
0: You know, and, you know, I'm old school, too, and I, I love that old stuff. And I think you can measure the athletes better from way back then to mm-hmm. in today's world it's you bigger stronger faster and they're they're just unbelievable they're unbelievable but the the longevity of, and the, the the loyalty the loyalty that athletes had to their sports and their programs and the teams and that they played for and represented i think was was a whole lot more sentimental and important oh, yeah. way back then than it is today's game but you know We've talked about a lot of good stuff. Steve. I want to throw
1: one thing out because you mentioned Tiger Woods, great right. golfer. Jack Nicholas is the greatest, I and the reason you. is he still got the record. I think but 18, he also eighteen majors, I believe. He had sixty three runner ups or something. I mean, the guy was phenomenal. But they forget; they just steamroll right through. They forget about him.
0: Uh, and Nolan uh, Ryan is another one too that that that, that, that people take. People, because he didn't, he just. He, I've heard a lot of critics on Nolan Ryan, but I've, I've had had a lot of people that that are that are big on Nolan Ryan, and I'm big on Nolan Ryan. And but you know, it, it just goes to show there's so many great athletes. You mentioned Tom Brady in Montana, in every sport. I mean, every sport in it, it, to to follow sports. We're just blessed to to have that. Attitude in life, you know.
1: You know, you bring up uh, Nolan Ryan, Tom Seaver, and Jerry Koosman. They were all in the Mets together at the same time at one time. What a pitching staff! Huh? Leon Jones, <laughs>
0: Tommy Agee, and even yeah. Amos Otis. Yeah, I mean, the, the mobile's on. I mean, you know, there's there's so much that we can talk about, Stephen. Yeah. And, and you. But, you know, to bring these coins down here and reminisce here. And I, I pre- you're donating these to me, I think. You? you want me to take these home with me for my collection, you? Well, it's you between you, so you always, and my grandson. I really appreciate
1: it. <laughs> oh, my grandson's five years old, so I don't know. He doesn't know what's going
0: But, going you know, on. You, we got to share, share, share with, us, with, the, with the crowd. Let's go back uh, 20 years. I'd first gotten divorced, and you and your daughter Sarah yeah. are riding down by Murphy High School. Share that with the crowd before we go. Well, yeah,
1: she she <laughs> I think she was in college then, and I was taking her by Murphy. She hadn't been by Murphy, you know, in a long time, so I'm taking there. And I see you taking the trash out or something, you know. <laughs> you said you just got divorced. Divorced. I think you were throwing all those old memories in the trash can. <laughs> I'm ready to start a new life, you know, <laughs> or get a new wife, either one. Because <laughs> I had not seen you in a while. It
0: ain't been a while. Yeah, yeah. That was I didn't know. I, mean. I didn't know you. I didn't know
1: you were living down there. <laughs> either that, or I thought you were dumpster diving.
0: Well, you called me red handed because I'm standing inside the dumpster and, you're in, <laughs> and I put my head up. Now, I think you saw me. You yeah, saw yeah, me. You yeah, yeah. saw me. Maybe I dipped my head down. Yeah, yeah. And then you stopped. And then when I put my head back up, you were sitting there with your daughter on the, on the other side. You say, hey, what's going on? And I kind of just looked at you. <laughs> but what had happened is the girl that lived next door to me. Yeah had thrown out a bunch of shoes. I mean, yeah. nice shoes and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I had two da- da- daughters there, Amanda, Amanda oh. and Tiffany. And I, I, I said, man, my daughters would love those shoes. So I climbed in there and, and, and was getting those shoes out, you know, and I got caught red-handed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that is, that is <laughs> that so funny, that is man. so funny, yeah. But,
0: but anyway, buddy, we, we've, we've had a great time tonight. We've talked... I've been talking with Steve Schoenwald. This is Joey Warner on the batter's box, and we've been talking running. We've been talking baseball. We've been talking sports in general. We've been talking boxing, and Steve, you're very knowledgeable. You're a promoter in in running. You've been involved in TV, radio, done so many things for Mobile. When you came here from, from New Jersey, came to South Alabama to run, and I, I, I from the bottom of my heart I appreciate everything that you've done here in Mobile. And and I hope that you'll continue to do that. And I know you will. You, you got buddies like Pat Galley and Curtis Horton and Jim Tate and Angelo Harris, God bless his soul. You know, and, and the list goes on and on and, and for, for And uh, don't forget Peanut.
1: <laughs>
0: that's an inside oh, joke and folks and then, yeah. <laughs> and the boxing the bo- the fun we had at the boxing <laughs> matches were just it was just unreal and and mobile needs these kind of things more i mean you still enjoy all this i can go out my front door and hear you on the intercom over at ums announcing these meets and stuff <laughs> all the time each year but uh again thank you for everything you've done and
1: any closing words, Steve? Oh, I just want to say real quick. So, I got a fr- I got to know somebody. He's the SID at Louisiana, Louisiana Lafayette. Okay. All right. He used to be at Southeastern. Well, you know, I coached there and all. But uh, he uh, he's over there. He's at South doing a baseball game, I think. I think it was baseball, not softball. But anyway, he was over there, said, that his Louisiana's playing South. I guess it was baseball. And he could hear me because South was doing a track meet, and he sent me a uh, uh, you know a Facebook later on. You know, yeah, I'm at the I'm at the you know he's saying uh, I'm at uh, South Alabama. You know, they're playing the uh, uh, the Raging Cajuns, and uh, and I hear my friend Steve Schoenwall announcing at the track. You know, I hear his voice. You know, and he talked it up, and all it was pretty good. Well, anybody will end on this. Anybody
0: that has has not been to a track meet, it 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 is an extraordinary competitive event. I mean, every event, and Steve does a great job calling all the events. I mean, to watch a a, a four hundred meter race, and 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 these guys are so fast, and it's like watching horse racing sometimes. I mean, it's really. Yeah, I'm a big horse racing yeah. <laughs> fan because
1: my grandfather right. used to work at the yeah. tracks. Yes. So in Hong Kong, I've been to the International Turf Championships twice, 80,000 people. I'm not really a gambler, you know, maybe two bucks. But I used to, like I was telling you, watching box, boxing on TV with my grandfather. Well, when my grandfather in New Jersey in the wintertime, they weren't racing, we'd watch. We'd sit there on a Saturday, a little boy, watching racing from Hialeah in Florida or uh, uh, Hollywood Park out in California. And I just love the athleticism of the sport. So
0: Yeah, I put something on. I think Johnny O'Dell said that, that we, were, uh, we put out there about the greatest athletes, and he put out there on Facebook the greatest athlete of all time, the Secretariat, <laughs> in which, hey, I, and I went back and I, I linked all three of the races, the Belmont Preakness and Kentucky Derby back in 1973, Secretariat. And, and the, I think it was the Belmont where Secretariat won by 20 links. Unbelievable. So that's out on my Facebook page. Everybody needs to check it out. And everybody, when you go to my Facebook page, Mobile Baseball Connection, you have to scroll, 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 because you'll never get to the bottom, and there's so much stuff out there. And we're going to put some stuff out there about Steve's Mobile Challenge of Champions Meet coming up at UMN. It's, it's out there it's at it's Municipal cross-country. Municipal Park, cross Well, country. yeah,
1: there may be a change. They're doing some construction out there. But uh, uh, we're still five weeks away, so we'll see what happens. We'll keep an eye on we it. We may we'll, we'll, have to move it to Berkeley, but uh, we're working on it.
0: That's okay. Know. We'll 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 put we'll put it out there on my Facebook page. Okay. But, but I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Batter's Box with Joey Warner and Steve Schumann, a legend in Mobile, <laughs> Alabama. And again, tune in to WNSP now to the Batter's Box each week. And again, I want to end on this. Tomorrow night at 5.30, tune in to WNSP Live on your ride home at 5.30, and you'll hear Joey Warner and the Batters Box. And my first guest for the 10-minute segment will be Coach Steve Kitchell of the South Alabama Jaguars. Coach Kitchell's going to come on for a 10-minute segment. So everybody tune in tomorrow night at 5.30 on WNSP Live. So, again, thank you again, Steve, for coming on. This has been Joey Warren and Steve Schoenwald on the Batters Box on WNSP Now. And what we're going to do is we are signing out.